episode 123 being hunted this is a podcast about the division 2 its community news speculation and updates as well as some other stuff and we're going to talk about that i am bond diesel and i do division stuff such as this podcast twitch streams and youtube videos please take a moment to subscribe to and rate this podcast on whatever platform you listen okay if you're on itunes especially rate this podcast right now. I say this every week. I'm sure you get sick of hearing me saying it, but we, we, we need some new reviews, preferably good ones, but you do you. Okay. This episode, we will have a, the division two state of the game recap, talking about Xbox buying Bethesda next gen pre-orders, Amazon Luna entering the fight and more. Okay, so before I get into the rest of the show, um, first, I want to thank this month's Patreon supporters, Hassan, Christian, Darren, Tim, PK, and Dale. If you want to support the show or my other content, please check out patreon.com slash bondiesel. Okay, so here's what's going on with the EchoCast. There is still Division 2 news. I think there's going to be a Division 3. I don't know when that's coming. I like doing this podcast. And I don't want to stop. If you don't remember, I had a Xbox dad cast for a while where I tried to do a, a podcast focused on something completely different. It did okay, but it really didn't seem like it was worth, uh, there wasn't enough return when it comes to listens, uh, and growth was the big issue. So what I'm going to do is I think over time, the echo cast, uh, for sustainability is probably going to have to become a gaming podcast, uh, a technology podcast that will always feature and have a voice for the division. Uh, so like this episode today, uh, basically whenever there is a state of the game, I'm going to kick off the show talking about that. If there's not, I'll probably jump right into gaming news and technology news that I feel like talking about. Um, I will always have division two topics to go go on about unless there are none, which if you've listened to me long enough, you'll know that I can basically make something out of nothing. Um, I always have an availability for questions. I'll always have content updates. So basically, um, what I want to do is make this a gaming podcast and a technology podcast that has a special place in its heart for the division. I would say for now, and probably for the next few months, six months ish, I would say at least until ne- next March, there will still be plenty of division two content. What may happen after that is I may begin focusing on other things because what I think is going to happen, we're in season three of division two right now. We'll have season four starting this winter and going until March of next year, 2021. And then I think there's going to be a time of not much news with division. Um, I'm hoping it's only about a year. Uh, I think they're going to announce division three 
uh, this coming March to be released the following March. Um, if I'm wrong, then I'll evaluate the show and what we're doing at that point. Um, but uh, let's go with the assumption that that's going to happen. With that, I will do what I just said. So just as a heads up, uh, if you have any feedback, feel free to let me know on Twitter and the YouTube comments. You can email me uh, however you want to interact with me. Most people DM me uh, through Twitter, which is fine. And we'll go from there. So I want to hear from you, uh, but that's what I'm thinking and that's where I'm going. So today we'll start off with a state of the game recap. Uh, this week we had Hamish, Johan, and Trick talking about uh, Title Update 11 releasing, some issues they're working on, and other stuff. Uh, there wasn't honestly a bunch of news here. Um, Trick was on the show, and she is uh, one of the most infectious people I um, think they've ever shown us from the development team. Uh, Trick uh, always makes me really happy when they are on the show. Uh, Trick really likes, uh, it seems like Trick really likes her job. And I love that because um, I think that we can see sometimes people at Massive and uh, who are Division 2 adjacent um, sometimes seem a little burnt out, seem a little jaded. Um, I don't blame them. That's not a knock on anybody. I think they're all working really hard and trying very hard. I also suspect they're doing a lot with not enough right now. Uh, but we've talked about that already. So uh, Trick had the patented excitement about stuff, including Hunters, which we'll talk about after the break. And um, the big news was that there are uh, Twitch drops happening right now um, until October 10th, I believe. Uh, the reward is a backpack charm and three apparel caches. Uh, they talked about Title Update 11 uh, having some issues that they're working on. There was one specific issue where the fire tower and the tanker mission didn't exist. <laughs> Therefore, you would get stuck on that mission and you couldn't complete it. Not a great look, but again, I come back to the they are probably doing a lot right now without much. Uh, in the way of resources. So uh, hopefully we see that change. I talked about that last uh, episode and how I think they, um, I think there was a pullback of some support and they pushed some people out to do other things, but Warlords of New York was very successful. And I hope that once those people are done doing those things, they will bring people back to the team uh, to work on more division two stuff uh, and maybe some division three stuff, but we will, uh, We'll speculate about that another time. Uh, they did talk about the new apparel event and they showed uh, a trailer that briefly showed some of the new apparel. It basically looks like it's the Warlords of New York faction uh, outfits. So the Rikers, the Cleaners, and so on. Um, they also talked about the global events being reworked. There's also a new one called uh, Shade Exposed uh, that has some, has a lot to do with uh, being in danger and then uh, and getting a, a debuff for that um, and then spreading that debuff to others. Um, 
uh, to enemies and getting a big damage boost. It seems interesting. I've not been a big fan of the global events. Uh, they talked about the rework of the global events, basically being um, just trying to make them more fun and to make you feel more powerful and to be um, less uh, punishing. Um, I've talked about it before, but in Division 1, uh, if you remember, the global events had three different levels. Um, the first level was always on, no matter what you were doing, um, even in survival, right? The second and third levels, you had to activate within missions. And the first level always was a good thing. It always made you more powerful. The second and third levels would make you slightly more powerful, but they would also punish you. There was parameters, right? Um, with Division 2, the global events, I honestly feel like, I think Polarity Switch was the one where if you did it correctly, it made you much more powerful, but it also punished you pretty handsomely. Um, but all of the other ones, when I tried them out, I just felt like they made the game feel really tedious and awful. I did not do the Hollywood one, which I did hear a lot of people liked. So it seems like they're reworking all of them to make them more fun, which is a good thing. Uh, my thoughts on the state of the game in general, I thought it was fine. Um, the Twitch drops being for the entire directory is a very good thing. Um, during the Iron Horse raid reveal and drop, um, they selected a certain number of people. Um, some of the people they picked are, I think, really good representatives of the community. Uh, there was also a person they picked who was banned from Twitch at the time. Uh, another person they picked uh, streamed it on YouTube, I assume because they didn't feel like the drops were worth it. And then a few of the people they picked, I still to this day, I don't get it. They are just terrible examples in the community. I, I guess they must have a big enough following to make it worth it, I guess. Um, but I just, I don't know. It was another example of them occasionally in my opinion which is very biased um really giving a lot of um giving a little too much um attention uh to people who i i think make the community in this game worse so take that for what you will uh so them making it open to everyone i think is great um i will say that even me and my humble stream on tuesday uh, now that was also when the new season dropped in the new patch um in the new the summit mode um i mean i was pulling uh, 50 60 viewers at any given time that's a lot for me so uh, the drops definitely worked um, because i was getting two or three times my typical viewership so uh so there's that um, but otherwise uh, having Trick on is always great. Uh, I really like Johan as well. And Hamish, as always, is uh, is good. Um, I felt uh, they, I think they do a really good job, even though they don't get credit for it, of monitoring chat, seeing if there's any like legitimate questions being asked to answer. Um, you know, they're not perfect, um, but I can't think of another game that speaks directly to its community and interacts with it uh the way division two does and division does and massive does in general so not perfect can't really expect it to be is what it is okay and uh, so moving on to other gaming news um 
We did have the Xbox pre-orders come this week. We had the PlayStation ones last week. Um, it seems like it's interesting. Last week with PlayStation, there was the big hubbub of them, one, giving people less than a day's notice, and then two, the retailers bucking that and just starting pre-orders. And it was a huge cluster, lots of issues, and uh, lots of mad people, and lots of happy ones too, right? So with Xbox, they gave us like, you know, about a week's notice uh, or more, I think. Um, and then gave us exact times, retailers, everything. So what it seems like is that the PlayStation was, uh, the PlayStation pre-orders were kind of like a general, like annoying cluster. Um, the Xbox ones, on the other hand, were annoying for like 45 minutes because websites were going down. Um, Amazon didn't even post their ability to buy it on theirs for like 45 minutes after when they could. Um, I believe another one was like that too, Best Buy or something like that. Um, but at the end of the day, it seems like within about two hours of them opening up, um, they were sold out. And uh, and it was finally either you got them or you didn't. Um, I will say I did get my pre-order on Amazon. So uh, I got the expected email today, though, saying you may not get yours on the exact day of release. Uh, it sounds like they probably over pre-ordered uh and it's it's whatever I, I mean i really want mine on day one so i can make a video and stream and do all that fun stuff with it but if i can't i can't and i will survive um overall my experience was a little frustrating even though i'm pretty sure i uh, I basically opened all of the windows and it looked like I could have finished my windows store purchase. Um, but I just preferred Amazon. I always have good experiences with Amazon. And so I was willing to wait. And as I saw all of the other ones selling out and I no longer could purchase it, I was getting a little nervous. And then the Amazon link popped up. I hit buy it now. And it was in my, uh, I got the email within a couple minutes that I was good to go. So, um, is it stupid to pre-order these new consoles? And yeah, probably, um, am I still going to do it? Well, obviously, um, I'm cool with it. I was going to buy this eventually. Anyways, this is my Christmas gift. It's cool. I'm excited. Uh, in other, the day before, so on Monday, uh, Xbox made a very, uh, interestingly timed uh, announcement that they purchased ZeniMax. Uh, and all of the studios it owns, which includes Bethesda, id, and a bunch of others. Uh, what that means is that now, uh, Xbox now potentially has exclusive rights to any future or technically present fallout, elder scrolls, doom, quake, or dishonored game, and a bunch of others. Um, cause you have to consider too, that a lot of those studios, um, own the rights to IP, even if they're not making games for it. So, um, it seems like even people who aren't fans of Xbox are recognizing this as like probably the biggest acquisition ever in gaming. And what's nice about it is that there's rumors that Sony was considering, was also uh, trying to buy Bethesda and Zenimax in general. And the reason I'm glad Xbox did it is one for their own portfolio. They needed uh, single player 
experiences and well-regarded games. Um, Bethesda's had some issues, right? But they still have a good history. Um, and id with uh, the doom games has been you know very well received and you know dishonored is another great game that was maybe a little underrated but um you know xbox has its single player games now on top of games like hellblade everwild and so on now a big debate has been whether or not uh, xbox will make those games exclusive especially the ones coming uh, such as the next elder scrolls uh, presumably next fallout um, and, and games like that, uh, there's a lot of people who are saying, oh no, Xbox wants the money from both consoles. They're, they're the good guys. They won't, you know, they won't hold back. Um, so here's my, my opinion. Um, Microsoft would not have spent 7.5 billion with a B billion dollars to give Sony a high five. Um, the, the same attitude of oh so, you know xbox needs that money from both consoles um one in, in my opinion is just very wishful thinking hoping you know that they won't have these franchises taken away from one's platform um but it's it's like saying well sony's gonna put god of war on both platforms because they want they want the money uh, it's not which that's not going to happen <laughs> Um, the only way I see a new Fallout, a new Elder Scrolls, a new Doom, any of those games coming to Sony is if Xbox tries to leverage Game Pass, because all of those games, any new games, will be on Game Pass. Keep that in mind. Uh, can't forget about Starfield as well. And maybe they would say for 30 days or, you know, the game will come out for all platforms after 30 days. But for Ultimate Game Pass uh, owners on Xbox and PC, you get it today and it's free and it's going to be, well, it's going to be part of Game Pass, not free. Uh, if you're on PlayStation 5, then you can pay 70 bucks for it in, in a month or in six months or something like that. Maybe, I don't know. I think they're going to, I think they want this to be not necessarily a system seller, but in a way, definitely, but absolutely a platform seller. If you're a PC gamer, they want you to get PC Game Pass so you can play all these games for one monthly fee. And then that's the way it is. That's how that's what they want. And if you're a PlayStation user, they want you to buy a PC or an Xbox if you want to play those experiences. I know there's a lot of people who think that it just it's impossible. The idea of the next Skyrim not being on PlayStation the other side of that is how many people would buy an xbox even a series s to play skyrim so i'm excited obviously as an xbox fan myself i think there's finally some parody um i i, I really think it's hard to not at least acknowledge the argument of from a studio on paper standpoint i think it's kind of hard to argue that either platform at this point has a big advantage Though obviously, for full disclosure, um, from the actual software perspective, I mean, Sony still is light years ahead at this point. Um, and the big thing about this Bethesda uh, acquisition is Microsoft likely doesn't see any major result from this exclusive games and so on for at least two years, probably. And that's a big thing with all of these studios that Microsoft has acquired. 
I mean, we're looking at least a year, but more than likely two or three years until they're putting out high quality triple A with the initiative, supposedly a quadruple A um, game. Um, I think the first ones that we're going to see are probably going to be, I think Hellblade 2 is, I bet, I bet we see that within the next year. I think that's going to be a big, big game, way more than what people, um, I think are anticipating. I think they're just expecting another sinuous sacrifice. I'm expecting it to be like a full fledged, like God of War experience. And I can't wait. I hope I'm right. So yeah, Bethesda buy big, big stuff coming from Xbox. That was, um, uh, with a, with a hint that they plan on buying more. There's been rumors for a while that they might try to buy Capcom, uh, to dive into the Japanese market, uh, which if you don't know, I think is like 98% PlayStation, uh, players on the console side of things between Xbox and PlayStation. I'm sure Nintendo has a good foothold there too, but, um, yeah. So Xbox is almost non-existent in Japan and in Asian markets in general. So uh, I'd be very curious to see that, but we'll see. Uh, the NVIDIA 3090 uh, went up for pre-order and people went nuts on it. Uh, if people thought it was bad pre-ordering a console, they should see this. Um, I saw a few different impression videos about the 3090. Someone posted a kind of funny picture of a 3090 standing up long ways with a Xbox Series X. And the 3090 is, is taller if you stand it up. It is a absolutely ginormous freaking card. Like I'm looking at my mid, my mid tower right now and I have a, uh, a GTX 1070 Ti. And seeing how much big, I don't think that card would even fit in my computer. Now, I also don't have $1,500 to spend on a GPU, so it doesn't matter. Um, and honestly, reading or and seeing and, and listening to the reviews of the 3090 are really interesting. It honestly seems like if you're trying to game, just get a 3080 for half the price. Cause this 3090 seems like the only thing it really significantly blows the 3080 out of the water with is, uh, is, is honestly, uh, like, uh, would really be more used by people making videos, um, and things like that. So, uh, I found that really interesting, but it kind of makes sense. And what I was seeing in some reviews was talking about how they are almost like certain that they're significantly holding back the 3090 in a lot of ways because they're going to bring out a Titan card, which will probably be twice as expensive. It'll at least be 2000, maybe $2,500. So if you've got 1500 bucks laying around, I'm sure you won't complain, but it honestly seems like, um, unless you're just doing it for encoding purposes and things like that, it honestly seems like the 3080 is plenty for me. I'm honestly just looking at the 3070. I'm even looking at 2070 supers. If they drop in price, once the 3070 comes out, the problem is, is that with this hardware, everyone always says, well, yeah, you can just buy an old card. Well, if you're like me, I don't really like to buy used PC parts. It's just something I don't like to do. So because of that, um, I would look for a 2070 super that's still new, but is discontinued. But the problem is, is that they do fairly limited runs of these cards. And once they're done making them, they don't, they don't keep making them the way that like Sony kept making the PS2 for years after the PS3 came out because it's still sold and they can make it. God, I was at GameStop. I think that the final version of the PS2 
was maybe a hundred bucks. It might've been one fifty. I, I can't remember what it was like a slim or something. And it was just insane. And that was because of the, you know, at scale and they made so many of them, it became so cheap to make them. They could sell them for dirt basically. Well, they don't do that with GPUs and PC parts. Really? They make a run and then they're done and they start making the next run of the next card. So like, you know, I always see people being like, Oh, just wait, you can buy a cheaper one after the new ones come out. That's almost never true. At least not with higher end cards. You might be able to find yourself a, a 2060 or whatever the lower end cards are. Um, or even a 1660 TI, like some of those, you might be able to find those dropping in price cause they probably aren't sold out. Um, but I know my plans for trying to find a 2070 super for 250, maybe 300 are probably not going to happen. So my, my, my order of, an, uh, of gaming importance right now is my, my series X, which I have pre-ordered uh, a 2070 super or a 3070. And then I'm actually, I'm honestly considering a PS4 digital or PS5 digital, uh, probably next year, or maybe the year after, um, obviously we'll kind of see how things go. Um, but I mean, 400 bucks for that console is a very good price and it can be my little exclusive machine. Uh, the final topic in the other gaming news is, uh, no man's sky. So on game pass, I checked out no man's sky on my PC and I had played that game. I was one of the idiots who pre-ordered it back in the day and it was bad. And I literally only played enough of it that steam actually gave me uh, a refund, which, uh, at the time and maybe now still is is rare they are very uh feisty about how much you get to play and stuff um i dabbled in it i want to say like a year a year and a half two years ago when they did a big update that kind of brought it back um but i didn't really get into it and i'll tell you what i fired that game up and started from scratch and i played for like four hours and it felt like like 20 minutes um it's tedious it's monotonous it's um not something that everyone would love um, but i really enjoyed it and i'm sure i'll jump back into it probably really soon as in maybe after the, i record this podcast i'm recording this uh at about 11 30 at night on friday <laughs> so so that's the that's the dad life if you don't already know so yeah it was really fun it looks great the worlds look much better than they did back it seems like their random world generator has gotten uh, much more uh, capable. Um, the creatures didn't look too weird. It was, it was fun. I had a lot of fun with it. It does a much better job of explaining the early game now before it basically didn't. And it was a freaking nightmare. There was one time I tried to play, I started a new character and I literally couldn't figure out how to get past like the basic tutorial. Cause it didn't really have one. So yeah. If you haven't checked out No Man's Sky in a while, especially if you're on PC, I don't know if I'd want to play that on console um, for graphical and just control reasons. There's a lot of buttons. Definitely check it out. I was very impressed. And I think they literally just came out with a new update. They've had like like eight free updates from that game. It's insane. Um, they even had, I think like a few months ago, they had like a horror update. Um, it's just very cool game. Very pretty game. So check it out. What you can also check out is this mid-roll.
Okay, so with some Division 2 topics, um, how about some Hunters in Season 3? So um, that's already been hinted and kind of talked about. So I guess a bit of a spoiler alert if you haven't finished uh, the Manhunt yet for Shade, the Shade Agent. S-H-A-D-E, not S-H-D. So when you, um, well, it seems like there's some conflicting reports. So you do the whole track. You do your control points and your missions and your bounties. Then you get the location of Shade. And when you show up, at least what happened to me, when I showed up, my UI started buzzing out. It, it did the hunter thing, right? And when I got to the location, I noticed that there was a hunter just going ham on the NPCs, just completely jacking them all up, dropping a seeker mine on them, just going nuts. So honestly, I posted up and just let him go nuts for a while. Uh, eventually, I, I, he kind of aggroed on me and I started shooting him and fighting him. And honestly, I don't know what the scaling is. I play on the, the challenging world level. I don't know how the, how the scaling works necessarily. But he honestly felt kind of soft. I run a skill build, um, the three hardwired, uh, two handy U and Wyvern with the Harmony rifle. Um, and honestly, I was kind of amazed with, I, I mean, I, I shot him down in one magazine. Uh, I, I run an AKM as well with Ranger on it and I melted them down to nothing. Um, now what happened is, uh, instead of dying, he burst into a cloud of smoke and disappeared. So I suspect you're not supposed to kill this hunter. Now I have seen pictures of people who did, and I'll get to that now. So apparently there might be other hunters that are now spawning randomly during activities. So the reports I've seen, I've not seen any video. So take, you know, take that into consideration, but supposedly they're spawning during bounties. They're spawning, um, after instead of rogues, they're spawning after you take control points. Um, so it seems like they are trying to work in some more hunter stuff, which finally, right. Um, there was a Reddit topic that came up where someone was talking about the puzzle hunters. And it was really frustrating to, to watch because I don't know if it was a newer player or a returning player or what, but they were talking about the experience of fighting the hunters. And what was interesting is they didn't really complain about the difficulty of the hunters. They, they didn't mind being killed by them because they can be difficult, especially at higher world levels. But what they were talking about is how insanely monotonous and awful the process is of uh, getting back to them if they kill you. Now, my idea for a long time has been to preserve the puzzle, make it so that the first time you complete the puzzle and spawn the hunter, then after that, say you die, you don't kill him. All you have to do is the final step again. So for like the school hunter, the burning school hunters or whatever it's called, you would just have to go to that final body and activate it. Then the hunters would pop up. You could fight him again. Um, instead of going through that, just awful awful, awful, you know, just going through all those steps over and over again, especially the ones waiting for daytime and nighttime cycles. And people just eviscerated this person. And it was really frustrating because they weren't, because the people were eviscerating them for, you know, saying like, oh, the hunters are easy to kill. You just need a better build. But the person wasn't complaining about that. They were complaining about the process of getting the hunters. So getting away from that rant, which I've done plenty of times already. Um, if they really are spawning just in the open world now, um, that's 
perfect. And honestly, it shouldn't have taken this long for that to happen. Now for story purposes, it seems like it, it seems like they're going somewhere. Um, I won't get into the spoilers. I did a whole episode on that, um, back in, uh, episode 112. God, was that back in May? Goodness. So on, on, uh, if, if you look for episode 112, I go deep into, uh, the leaks and talking about that. So once season four comes out and is over, I'm, I want to go back and talk about the leaks and how they matched up so far. They're pretty accurate. Um, but from what we know from killing shade and going through that manhunt, it basically sounds like Bart or, uh, Schaefer recruited some agents with the help of Lau recruited rogue agents to, to help them with some, uh, information gathering. Um, and then there's communication with someone whose last name is Sokolov. And this apparently is one of the higher ups in Black Tusk, but it is not the leader leader, um, who we still don't know who that is. Uh, I suspect we don't know because it's probably some big reveal that they're going to give us one day that isn't even in the leaks. So if you think I know what it is, I'm just not saying I don't, they literally, it, I think they're going to hold off on that for another game. Anyways, um, there is some reason to believe basically that we aren't the only ones hunting these shade agents and what I think will be revealed or I'm under the impression will be revealed is what's going on with that. So an increased number of hunters kind of makes sense um, because it seems like they are also hunting people and it's not just us. Um, but the reasons and all of that behind what's happening there, um, I think will be clarified a bit. Um, even the leaks don't clarify everything entirely, but they definitely hint a little bit and, um, it's exciting. Basically I'm excited about it. Um, the more hunters, the better. I love fighting those guys. I also really like fighting the rogues, but at this point they're starting to feel a little bit easier now that my builds are all pretty good. Uh, moving on to another title update 11 thing is the summit. So I did not play in the PTS. Um, I'm too lazy to level up one of my PC characters and, um, yeah, so that's that. So, and I didn't really want to watch spoilers and stuff like that on PTS. Um, so I'm getting kind of a fresh look at it. Uh, I jumped in, I did go straight to the level 51. It seems kind of monotonous to go from, you know, like normal difficulty or whatever it is. Um, and it's interesting. So I tried to do it solo at first. Um, and I didn't even get to level 60. <laughs> um, it was rough. Um, I know it's technically scaled for solo and I'm sure there's some people out there who are super duper good at the game. Um, but it was a nightmare for me. I really, I honestly had written off uh, the summit at that point. I was already like, Nope, this isn't for me. I don't like this, but then I calmed down and I gave it another shot with a group. Um, just a random match made group. And honestly, it was way more fun. It was great. It was genuinely really cool. I, um, I, I honestly really enjoyed it. Um, now what I will say, uh, I've, I've reached level 81. Uh, that's where the legendary begins. So you do 81 to 90 is legendary with no directives. Then 91 to 99 is legendary with directives. And then 100 is the final boss battle. And, um, I, even the directives on the heroic didn't feel that bad. 
Um, you just had to, I had, I just adjusted my build a little bit to compensate for it. Um, I haven't really done much of the legendary content. And the thing is, is that like at level 81, I think I made it to like 85 or 86 with some randoms and we just couldn't get past. So I just, all I wanted was just to get to 90 and we just couldn't quite do it. And I just can't even imagine what 91 and up is going to be like with directives because the directives were tolerable with heroic. I'm genuinely not looking forward to it with legendary, but I have to get there first. So, um, I definitely found that the co-op makes it feel a lot better when, because with solo, I mean, if you get, if you get downed, it's, it's over, you're done. But with co-op, if you get down, you just get picked up. You try to find some safety. And if you have skills out, they're still even helping. So um, I didn't really find myself um, being as bothered by the lack of differentiating areas. Um, I didn't find myself. Um, people made a big deal about like there's no windows. I actually feel like I've noticed it seems like you know, there's not windows on every floor, but there are windows. Um, you know, there's not a ton of exploration to do and that could be better, but definitely a lot of the complaints I saw before I actually got to play it and that I even kind of threw out there. I, I really don't, I mean, for me, it's just brainless kill everything mode, which is what I really wanted now for like a, a more authentic underground feel. I would still prefer to do level four control points and elite activities in the open world. I still think that's my like more favorite thing to do because it just feels a little bit more dynamic. Um, but I would say like level 51 to like 80, I really enjoyed, um, maybe, maybe 70 to get rid of the directives because I didn't really like those very much. Um, but I honestly think the summit is better than the, than the crap it's been getting from people. I, I think it's fine. It should be better. I wish it was. I have a pretty good feeling the people doing it wish it was better too. I keep going back to it, but I think they're doing this with not enough. Uh, people need to realize that a mode, I'm under the impression that the underground was in development for years. They didn't just throw it together in six months, which is what I think they did with the summit. I think the summit probably began development at the, towards the beginning of this year or, and, and I imagine didn't really get finished up until after warlords of New York got released. So, and probably over the summer is when I imagine they actually did it. So it's not like they worked on it for two or three years, which I'm under the impression the underground was worked on for years by reflections, um, Ubisoft reflections. Uh, so, I wish it was a, a more, you know, diversified, a more interesting, a more, you know, open experience. It seems like with 11.1, they want to make it a little bit more, uh, replayable for people. Um, but I really, I don't think it's as bad as some people have made it. And I think it's definitely worth trying out. Um, and I highly suggest doing it with a group. I, um, it honestly seems like duos or trios is the best, um, when you get to quads, you start getting a lot, a lot of waves of enemies, a lot of yellow enemies, especially at the heroic and especially at the legendary level. Um, again, I just can't imagine what 91 and to 99 is going to be like, let alone the final boss battle. So I don't know. Take that for what it is. I think the summit is better than it's being um, said it is, um, but it could be better. 
I think is the is the best way I can describe it. I'm going to play it after I beat it the first time while I go back. I think we'll see what 11.1 brings. Okay, we have uh, a listener question from Jernsome on Discord um, that says, now that you can play it on console, does the summit disappoint or exceed your expectations uh, set during the PTS? For me, I think they took uh, some good feedback. Being able to jump to higher levels is a huge improvement. So obviously I just talked about this, um, but I agree. I think um, I suspect being able to jump to 51 was probably a last minute PTS decision. Um, I've always said that the PTS is really a demo of the next patch. It's not really a development build besides maybe some major issues or some small, you know, balancing stuff. I suspect that uh, allowing us to 51 was probably just activating the, uh, the, the level 50 achievement for everyone um, to give us 51 immediately. Uh, and, and that was probably a good decision, forcing everyone to do 50 levels of low level, like quote unquote easy, uh, you know, levels would have been bad. Now, if you want that exotic chest, you still have to do all 50. So there's pieces that you can only get from those lower levels. So keep that in mind as well. You know, look up videos. I'm not going to explain it fully here, but it exceeded my expectations. Um, if I had to give it a grade, I'd give it a solid C plus. It's not blowing my mind. It's not going to bring everyone back to the game, but if you're still playing or if you want to dabble back in, it's worth playing. If you want bullshit with your friends, listen to a podcast, you know, catch up on your videos, whatever you do in your free time. And you want to kill some stuff and get some loot on the side. I think the summit is perfect for that. And I think it's only going to get better at that. Uh, for content updates, um, there is a new logo for the echo cast. If you didn't know this already, um, and there's new merch on my design by humans storefront. So go check that out. And here I promise I won't do this too much, but I do think it's at least worth mentioning that for my fellow Americans, please go vote in November. I don't feel any desire or any responsibility to tell, tell you who to vote for or why or whatever. I'm not going to get political on this podcast and I don't believe it's political to ask people to go vote. So that's why I'm saying, please check to make sure you're registered. If you're not, get registered. If you are verify that everything's correct, make sure, make sure you know where you're supposed to go and request your mail-in ballot. If that's what you want to do. And then by November, you know, on election day, go and vote or send in your stuff on time, please. It's your duty. It's patriotic. Whatever motivates you to do it, you can stick it to the man. I don't know. Whatever makes you happy, please go vote. To wrap this baby up, I am Bondiesel on Twitch, where I try to stream three or four times a week. You can also find me on Twitter at Bondiesel or at The Echo Cast. If you want some cool Echo Cast or Bondiesel merch, check out designbyhumans.com slash shop slash merch uh, or slash Bondiesel, my bad, or just search Bondiesel on their website. That's all I have. So until next time. I'm going to go to the hospital.